welcome to Imagine Me and Utena, a revolutionary girl Utena podcast. I'm Panda, I'm your host, and I'm here with my co-host Alice. How you doing, Alice? I'm doing pretty good. I have some cream soda and my cat is somewhere in this room. I love cream soda and Luna. Hi, Luna. Luna says nothing because she is bad at communicating and can only stare really intensely <laughs> that's okay she's doing her best today we're here to do another character episode we're here to talk about Kozaway, and here to help us talk about Kozaway is our friend amanda how you doing amanda hello i'm good i'm feeling substantially more awake than i was half an hour ago so that's probably good we attempted to record this before but much like in the black rose episode that we did recently my computer decided to die again because i don't Take care of my electronics. Kids, restart your computers regularly so that they don't (laughs) decide to freeze up and die in the middle of recording your podcasts. Tech tip from me to you. Rest in pepperoni, first 20 minutes. Rest in pepperoni, first 20 minutes of this episode that don't (laughs) exist anymore. If you are listening to this and have not listened to any of Amanda's prior episodes, I don't know why you've chosen this one to dive in, but you should go back and listen to some of our previous episodes because that's where we've talked with Amanda about her history with Revolutionary Girl Utsna, and we talked a little bit about how your current favorite character is Kozue, which is why you're on this podcast today. Yes. But Kozue has not always been your favorite. She is just your most recent favorite. Yeah, so I mentioned on, I did a Friends Like That episode, and I mentioned that Every time I watch the show, I kind of come away with a different, maybe sometimes only slightly different, but sometimes very different view of the characters. And my most recent Utsuna watch was last year because I bought the Blu-rays and my husband had never seen it. So in order to get something out of buying the Blu-rays for a show I'd already seen, uh, I watched it with my husband. And when I watched it last year, uh, I feel like, like before last year, I, I really didn't get Kozue at all, I think, probably. Like, I had never really given any kind of thought to her at all. And Miki is not one of my more favorite characters. So that whole, his whole arc with Kozue, it kind of gets, gets smoothed over in my brain before last year when I whenever I would think back on the series but last year I kind of picked up on it way more I have one um, quick question before we yes. actually dive into Kozue who is your husband's favorite character oh my god I don't know if he had one he really enjoyed Utena but he um mostly likes to watch like really long shonen anime okay yeah um if I had to guess he'd probably say Choo Choo if I asked him that's funny. He's I just really guy. wanted to know. Yeah. <laughs> He'd probably say choo-choo. Not um, a bad choice. No. And, like, I think part of the reason I, I might have connected more with Kozue this time... Well, first of all, I was paying better attention. That helps. Um, yeah. I've seen the series several times, so whenever you rewatch it, you notice and appreciate things a little bit more than the first time you watched it, so that's a factor. Um, but also... I have a little bit of like like a, a personal childhood history that's a little bit similar to Kozue's, hmm. where um, so when I was a kid, I 
I wouldn't say that I grew up in a bad household, but it was like not emotionally supportive, if that makes sense. Like my parents argued constantly and um, they were very, they like kind of pitted me and my siblings against each other competitively. Mm-hmm. So everybody, everybody was always like trying to get the best grades and trying to one up each other. Yeah. It really wasn't good. It gave me a lot of issues. Anyway, when I was a kid, uh, so I, I have ADHD and I didn't get uh, diagnosed until way later. But like after I got diagnosed, when I look back, it was like, oh, I, I obviously have ADHD because what ADHD people do is they get like big ideas. Oh, boy. Like, howdy. Yeah. They get and big ideas like they're going to start two podcasts at once, even though they've never done a podcast before, which is why I have one pilot episode of a podcast yeah. that's never yeah. gone out. And Utenacast was the only one that survived that attempt. Or they're going to make a visual novel with six dating routes all completely by themselves. I'm referencing one of my own projects right now. Hey, your visual novel is cool, though. Thank you. But like, those are examples or like, but because it's a problem with paying attention to things, you Mm -hmm. like quickly lose interest in it and you want to come up with new projects Mm -hmm. instead. So I did that already from when I was really little. And I remember when I was little, um, I'm probably in like first or second grade. I think I mentioned to my parents that I was interested in learning the piano. So they took me to some lessons and I did it for a little while. And eventually, of course, I kind of lost interest in it. I didn't want to do it anymore, but they forced me to play. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah, literally, like, it was, I was literally, like, forced to play it. And, it, you know, it doesn't sound like it was a big, it's such a stupid thing to be a big deal. But when I was a kid, like, it was a major source of, like, strife between me and my parents. Like, it made me rebellious. Like, why are you forcing me to do this? I don't want to do this. Like, it, it made me resent them in a lot of ways. And it's part of the bigger problem of them just not really respecting any of us as individual people when we were kids but I don't want to get into that so when I was growing up the rule was well when you turn 18 you don't have to do the piano anymore but you have to do it until you're 18 you don't have a choice you have to play every day and you have to we're gonna pay for these expensive piano lessons and you have to do it and I was like okay fine I, I and every time I would be angry at them over the piano I would be like don't forget I'm not playing when I'm 18 anymore and so eventually I turned 18, stopped playing. I have not played the piano since. My fingers have not touched the piano in 13 years. Good for you. Yeah. And, um, but every, so every once in a while when I get together with my family for like Thanksgiving and the topic of the piano comes up, my parents act legitimately shocked that I don't play the piano anymore. But we paid for those lessons for all those exactly. years. Exactly. And it's like, are you guys fucking kidding me right now? Like, <laughs> I told you I was never going to play this and I didn't want to do it. And we had arguments and fights about it. And like, it was crazy. Like literally my whole childhood being forced to p- play the piano was a thing that I did not want to do, but they forced me to do. So because of that, um, I think that's why I kind of latched onto Kozway a little bit more when I started actually paying attention to what was going on with her in last year when I watched the rewatched it. Yeah. Um, so there's might be some projection on my part on the Kozway, but I feel like I, I feel like when I'm watching Kozway, she's, I don't want to say she's acting like how I would act, but she has that kind of flippant attitude where it's like, you know what? You just don't get me. And 
I'm tired of trying to explain it to you, so I'm not going to anymore. You watch it, and you're just kind of like, you know what? I get it, man. Yeah. And that's kind of, that's kind of basically what I, where I had to get to with my parents of like, you just have to give up on trying to get them to understand you because they just don't get it. Yeah. And they have their own completely independent fantasy about what kind of person you are that's not, doesn't conform with reality. And that is basically how I would describe Nikki's perspective on his sister. Yeah, we we kind of talked briefly um, the first time around with this. Yeah. About how, like, as I did kind of a sidebar where I was, I said it was interesting how it's very, it's it's a very human thing that we encounter characters in, in fiction and often read them in ways that if we step back, we realize are very much colored by our experience. And it's, it's kind of one of the cool things about fiction is that it it plays with our lived experience it, not in, in ways that usually are good, can occasionally not be great, yeah. but are usually good for us. Like, it's good to see your something that you've experienced playing out in front of you, seen from the outside, where you're not having to live it. Of and you course, can kind yeah. of like, I don't know, I was going to say that, that it makes more sense, but Maybe that's not the way to say it. Well, that's the whole idea behind like representation, right? Although this is like a mm-hmm. very specific kind of representation. Representation <laughs> in my case, yeah, piano, piano-related representation. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but like, and I know that people generally have a negative view of Kozue, but I don't know when I feel like when I step back and I kind of look at what she actually does in the show. In a lot of ways, like she's really not that bad like and i know some people might cringe hearing me say that because i know a lot of people really don't like her but i kind of just see her as like being completely fed up with nikki and his bullshit and not wanting to play that game anymore with him does that make sense yeah i do yeah and i i kind of tend to see both of them as being and i short-term sense, Kosume kind of knows what she's doing in the sense that, like, she knows what the... She's not like, she's not naive about what she is doing in no. the short-term. Yeah. I see them both as in the long-term having no idea what being in a functioning sort of, like, autonomous adult actually looks like. And trying to get to the point where they figure that out through whatever kind of makes sense to them. Yeah. Like, because who are they going to look to as examples of what that even looks like? Their dad, who is terrible and doesn't seem to care about them at all. And has been yeah. manipulated into a sham marriage by an ageless goddess in costume. <laughs> like, yeah. and, and so the older people they have to look up to are, well, I mean, for, for Mickey, it's Toka. Wait a minute. Yeah. Is, is Anthe in disguise when she's with... Kozway and Mickey's dad, or is she just in her Rose Bride uniform? Is he She's just, in her Rose Bride uniform? Is he just well? I was thinking maybe that that might have been like a visual trick to show us that that was Anthe, but like maybe does he just think that that's how she dresses? Uh, maybe. <laughs> I'm very concerned about this now. <laughs> oh, I that's don't know. still such a strange plot point to me. But anyway. Yeah, I think that's one of those Ikuhara's messing with you kind of moments. Uh, yeah, probably. I don't know how much that really means. 
Or how much he was just trolling us. How much does anything mean? I, I watched Sarah's Anime. I don't know how much anything means anymore. <laughs> I think it's it's safe to say with Ikihara that everything means something, but that something is not always the same weight. Yeah. Like, just about everything you see on screen watching Uthuna has some kind of like you can tease something out of it, but whether it's worth it to do so or not necessarily, that's the part that differs. Like yeah. for me, before we actually had trouble, we were kind of we come around to the later episodes with um, Kozue and Mickey, like with the whole birdhouse thing, and we were yeah. kind of mulling over that. And it occurs to me that might be one of those times where, like, asking what is the birdhouse may probably you can get to a point but it's not really the point that you want to get to it's not the one that's actually going to really open up kind of more meaning there it's kind of just a like a it's a it's kind of a red herring Maybe. yeah I'm so not sure. i read that relationship about being specifically about like their their ability to to reconnect with each other and have a functioning relationship in the future and so like because they're building the birdhouse like in the middle part of the episode before when they've like uh done their little car ride and decided to duel utina again and then they kind of walk past each other angrily while miki is still trying to build the birdhouse and for the first time they're like openly hostile to each other in the show yeah that hostility comes out that genuine hostility instead of pretending like because they're they put on a facade for the other person mickey unintentionally and goes away intentionally i you know i would say and that part in the episode 24 where they're where they just kind of have a little spat for a second it's like the first time they're openly hostile to each other <laughs> it's kind of depressing that the only yeah. time that they're really genuine with each other with really honest and genuine with each other in any way is like one of them telling the other one that the thing that they're doing is fucking dumb and also your face is dumb yeah like which is depressing and it paints an even bleaker picture because we we know that they care about each other at some level yeah but like apparently the only way that can be expressed is by sort of destroying each other constantly <laughs> like the like the only time that mickey could do anything to express the fact that he cares about her is by misremembering to the point of not understanding her and or interfering in her autonomy the only point that she can really express that she cares about him at all is when she like tries to kill a man <laughs> <laughs> Or when they yeah. are so wrapped up in, like, their weird obsession with one-upping each other that they actually, like, Mickey doesn't get beat by Uthana so much as he they lose because they can't stop, like, hating each other, honestly. Yeah, pretty much. It's, it's like, almost everything that they do in there, I kind of read the first time around, and honestly the second time around, is being motivated mostly by a kind of weird inverse spite like yeah it's it's like the only reason that that either of them care about the whole dueling uthana thing is because it is a kind of avenue of spite there's a part of it that's yeah genuine. i agree with that for sure there's a part of it that's genuine that wants to i think wants to sort of rebuild a 
any anything period between them but they're so caught up in their approaches to growing up and their approaches to their sort of their attitude towards each other that they sabotage the whole thing like mickey yeah. can't focus on fighting utsuna because she's too busy f- trying to figure out what kozaway is doing and kozaway is like i don't know i kind of read her whole thing in the car as deliberately just trying to fuck with him because it was an opportunity it was a target of opportunity and like at this point it's almost a kind of reflex that they just fuck with each other i know the real reason why amanda likes Kozaway and it's because why is that it's because they're both chaotic bisexuals yes <laughs> my favorite kind <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i don't know like like maybe you can convince me on that because at least in my most recent rewatch of it, I don't know if this is me over-identifying with her or what, but I don't really see Kozue as going out of her way to piss Miki off all that much. She just kind of inadvertently does that by by doing whatever the fuck she wants and being the wild animal and always being honest about her feelings and never telling a white lie and never having any self-restraint. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm almost with you. The thing that keeps yeah. me from really buying into that completely is that she has this, like, every time that she does something that, like, gets, that is going to, going to get a rise out of somebody, she always, like, locks eyes with them really intently. It's like, huh? You see it? You see what's happening right now that I'm yeah. doing? Yeah, she definitely does that when she's in the car with Anthe. Like, she makes sure Mickey knows that, like, what she's like about the, to do. The earlier right. thing in the piano room, I actually, I, I could see an argument for the fact that this is either an accident or more actually a thing that Toga did to fuck with him. Because those actually, I think, are easier reads. But the thing with the car is pretty deliberate. Like, she's, she's locking eyes with him the whole time. Like, yeah. just cannot resist it at this point. It's a target of opportunity, and it's it's just almost this inertia in that moment that it, while it is might be have been possible for us to work together, that requires effort that neither of us actually really genuinely want to do, and it's way easier for both of us just to fuck with each other, just to, like, revert to this incredibly, like, toxic hostility like passive aggression yeah we just do stuff not because we actually even care so much as like it's just what you do i've gotten the impression just and this might be like almost baseless speculation but um, like my interpretation of mickey and Cosway and like their, how their fa- dynamic represents probably the way their family dynamic is, is they seem like a very passive-aggressive household. Like, it, yeah. they seem like the type of household where, like, when you're mad at each other, you just, you bottle it up inside and you let it out through, like, little jabs and you never actually address the problem at hand and I feel like that's something that their parents probably passed down onto them and they're yeah. enacting now in this crazy that, dueling game. That would definitely make sense. Like, when I was on the show, one of the episodes I did when I was on the show, I talked about how 
um, like the characters in Utena are all guilty of being really bad at communicating. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that is a huge problem with Kozue and Miki. Absolutely. Yeah. Because the whole, their whole issues sprung up from a, a communication issue on both sides, right? So Kozue says at the end of episode five that the reason she started playing the piano was because the boy next door who she liked really liked the piano and she wanted to get his attention had nothing to do with Miki. And of course, she wasn't really playing. It was all Miki who was playing really well. Whereas Miki um, loved, adored his sister so much that he projected all those ha- all the happiness and those memories, like he attributed it to her specifically. And if Kozue, you know, obviously they were small children, so nobody's really at fault here. But if Kozue had just been honest about like the fact that she couldn't actually play the piano instead of letting everybody think she was a prodigy. That whole thing would have never happened. And also, I just just rewatched this episode. Apparently, nobody asked Kozue if she wanted to do a concert. (laughs) So Miki just shows up, and he's like, hey, guess what? We're going to do a concert in front of tons of adults. And Kozue's like, oh, really? Okay. And then... And then I, on the I kind of, of imagine that the way that that conversation went is probably Mickey being like, wow, Kozue, you're so good at the piano. We should have a concert and play in front of a bunch of people. Don't you think that would be fun? And then like Kozue being like, uh, yeah, I guess, because like she doesn't want to like disappoint her brother. And also she wants the guy next door to think she's cool. So she like kind of reluctantly yeah. agrees. And then it just kind of spirals mm-hmm. out and then Mickey can't make it. So it's all on yeah. her. And then that scene is the scene where when they're kids, there's like images of bird cages, like on the yeah. on the other half of the yeah. Because yeah. you know Ikahara and subtlety. Yeah, and you know birds are a symbol of freedom. So so I guess you know that was a time in their lives when they're small children living with their dad that they weren't free, or maybe they didn't feel like they were free. And um, also another thing is I'm pretty sure it's their father who drags Kozu away, Kozue away from Miki's bed when he has the measles and forces her to go to the concert by herself. I'm pretty sure that guy is their dad. I've always wondered, like, I I, I think okay. I originally, like, watched that scene and thought to myself, yeah, this is definitely a thing that, like, their jerk-ass dad decided that he could, that he would make them do. And then, yeah. one of the good sick, well, I can't disappoint people because that's going to reflect badly on me. Yeah, like, nobody let Ko- like, they also, nobody was like, oh, it's okay, Kozue, you don't want to go up there by yourself, you're too shy, because you're, like, four, and you're doing a piano recital. Uh, you know, we'll cancel it until after Miki gets better. Nobody said that. So, <laughs> everyone, like, nobody, asked nobody handled this correctly. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and we mentioned before we had problems that, like, I brought up uh, that Lindsay Ellis video on YouTube about um, framing Megan Fox in the Transformers movies. Yeah, because we were talking about specifically uh, you, your take that the things that Kozaway does are not that bad and why that no. might be uh, something shocking for some fans to hear because that's a little bit of a controversial take. Yeah, I know, and I, if people are going to not that I disagree, that, it's possible. I just feel like if the way she's framed sets the tone of her character mm-hmm. in a way that isn't a hundred percent 
supported by her actual actions and the things that she says. Maybe maybe 50%, maybe 75%, but like at like at worst maybe she just butts up against the show's constant slut shaming. Like that's that's one of the big things that the show seems to think that she does wrong. Definitely. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But like Kozue couldn't have sex with Toga. She knows what she's doing. Toga's not taking advantage of Kozue. Kozue's probably just like, yeah, sure. That sounds good. Let's do it right here on the piano. That'll probably piss off my brother. It'll be funny. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or like like um also with like the the birds, like when she walked when she climbed out the window to get the birds, she was like, you know what? I feel bad for those birds. Nah, I'm not gonna not do this like everybody's telling me to do it. I'm just gonna go ahead and do exactly what I wanna do. And I don't give a shit what anybody else thinks about it. Because people projected weird piano shit onto me when I was a kid, and I'm just gonna do whatever I want now. <laughs> now that's really me projecting right there, but still. <laughs> you get you get what I mean, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I have a question. Yeah. So do you guys know about the flashback thing? Like the discrepancy in Mickey's flashback in uh like episodes four or five or whatever. I do recall that there is one, but I Yeah, I remember, but if you want to explain it to the audience, you can go for it. Sure. Uh yeah, yeah. so there's okay, so it's something that it's kind of subtle, so I definitely missed it most times that I watched this episode before somebody pointed it out to me on Twitter. But in the Mickey and Cosway episodes in the first arc, there's the time where Mickey is having the flashback and he's thinking about like him and his sister playing piano and stuff. And her hair looks a certain way. It looks suspiciously like Anthony's hair a little bit. But you, yeah, you may not notice that... that before because, like, it just sort of looks like, oh, she's a little kid. Maybe that's how her hair was. Also, you don't even know what she looks like when you see that flashback. Like, yeah, she I hadn't thought about that. You don't actually that. get to meet Kozue until halfway through the fifth episode. I had not. So when you see, yeah, yeah when you see all those flashbacks, it's like, that's literally exact. You're seeing exactly how Miki sees her but and not how she actually the... is. Later, when we see that scene again, I think it's this time it's Kozue's memory. You see more accurately, like, her hair as it, like, it looks more like her actual hair. And, like, her dress is, like, a little bit different, a little simpler, I think. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, that sort of is a thing. How do we feel about that? It's, I remember, like, when I first realized that was just a galaxy brain moment. Yeah, it's like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Igahara, you bastard, you did it again. I thought, because I, I didn't remember the exact detail, but this is coming back to me now. But honestly, like, it makes sense. Like, we try, we tend to think of our experiences as, as, as these distinct things that happen and we understand them, but we really don't. A lot of like, times our memories are kind of like we're playing telephone with ourselves. Every yeah. time we remember something, we're overwriting the previous version of our memory. Yeah. yeah, like, I mean, like, really, think of, if you think about something where you had this really intense experience, and then go back and look, at, try to look at, like, 
some kind of record of it that is, is unchanging, and you will not recognize it. Not to say necessarily that you're wrong about the actual what happened, but like you go back and read a, 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 a like a, a normal conversation where you felt like someone's mad at you, and sometimes you just read it's like that feeling doesn't seem connected to what I'm reading. Or you yeah. go back and you have these, you remember something being this long drawn out experience, only to find that in reality it lasts four minutes. And like it doesn't surprise me that that would get mixed in there because Anthony's on his mind in the present. Of course, his brain has, and of course he has inserted feelings about her yes. into the vessel of his feelings about his own yeah. childhood. Because why is he interested in her? Well, at least one of the reasons is because he feels like this isolation, isolated incompleteness. He like he has this mythology, self mythology of there was a point where I felt complete and like I had someone who understood me and then there that broke apart. And of course, obviously, that wasn't true because yeah. especially from Ikihara's point of view, where Ikihara has this sort of like isn't sure that that's ever possible, period. But also it wasn't true in this situation. And he has mythologized the past to where they were good and understood each other. And that feeling, the need for that return to a point that never existed is exactly why he's interested in Anthony in the first place. I can kind of imagine that him and Cosway have been a little bit on the outs for not a long time, but enough time that it's made Mickey very sad and nostalgic for when they were having better times. And that is how he has managed to twist his memory of his sister into something that is better absence, making the heart grow fonder and whatnot. Yeah. Kozue is, is his rose bride. Like, like it's not just in that one episode. Like, and, and that's why well, I mean, Anthony... even like in illustrations and stuff, like yeah, in the yeah. DVD box sets. Yeah. Like, I mean, and honestly, like, I don't think they ever had a really good relationship. No, like, definitely they, not. He I don't thought think they, they ever... did in the I'm way not sure that, that a lot of men think that they have good relationships with women they don't entirely understand. Right. I mean, honestly, I'm not sure that either of them had had a really awesome relationship with a single person in their lives. Right. Like, I mean, can you think of one person that either of them have a relationship with that they don't either destroy or like poison or are actively exploited by no not really no. well that's kind of par for I mean, the course in the whole series well that's the, true. the closest you get to is um mickey's friendship with uthana which he almost immediately betrays mickey and Jay yeah. are friends so, I, that's true um, that's yeah. that is true actually. I'll t- I'll t- I'll take I'll walk that back slightly. Now their relationship is also kind of that's uh, is interesting to that's me. gay lesbian solidarity. <laughs> like there's that that one's interesting to me. Like I've always wanted to tease that one out a little bit, but even that one has some issues, namely in the sense that like they have a friendship, but I mean, are we are any is anybody really saying that that jury really takes him seriously? No. I mean, probably no. because, like, yeah. she seems to think of him like a baby brother, almost. I mean, and does anyone really, I mean, does anyone in show see Kozaway in a light other than 
how we are first introduced to her. I mean, I don't really think so. I don't know. She's kind of a minor character, so that that is like not not from a storytelling standpoint, but from like a screen yeah. time standpoint. Like we don't. She's only in four episodes, as far if I remember correctly. So yeah, she, we don't which, get to see her do too much. Yeah, we we don't. Which to be fair, and. In Ikahar anime, a lot happens in four episodes. Yeah, yes. There's so um, much to unpack there. She is willing to push pedophiles down the stairs to protect her brother because he's too dumb to realize that he's being hit on by an adult. Okay, I do have a I do have a question for you actually. Yeah. Cause this has always been a thing. It's like that was a weird moment for me when I first watched it because it was like came out of nowhere. I was really weirded out trying to figure out it's like, wait a minute. Like, why do you give a shit? Like, why do you care? Like, haven't right. you spent the entire show, your runtime of the show, showing how much you don't care? Why Why do you care now? But also, at the same point, I kind of wondered later on, is that something we're seeing because it's actually, like, what's really happening? Or is this the reverse of Mickey, see, Mickey sort of framing... Kozue's interactions as dangerous and bad and and shady whereas she is seeing an interaction he is having as because it's not direct as, like it's sort of this codependency coming through yeah I, that's a good point i really don't know i mean personally i'm on team she really did push a pedophile down the stairs because i just like that part but honestly yes, yeah, you could be wrong yeah <laughs> i don't i mean you could be right i mean I don't doubt that she may have done it, but I do have my reservations about whether or not her concern about it was about, like, the reason that she pushed him down the stairs. I don't know whether or not I think that was genuine. You know I what mean, I mean? Was she doing it because, was she doing it because he was a danger, or was she doing it because... It was a relationship that Mickey valued and that she wanted to destroy. That's what I mean. I don't know. Like, it's hard, but she doesn't She she doesn't really push anybody else down the stairs. She never goes after Anthony well, that, or that we, that we know student of. council members. Well, yeah, but this I mean, is kind of a, like, this is kind of a non-ame drowning the cat situation where, like, this was, yeah. this seems like it was one instance where they just, like, went too far and it it's especially notable that both of them are much younger when this happens i think this is just like them lacking impulse control and uh the ability to for proper decision making yeah or maybe it's just you know a hobby <laughs> she finds slightly Casual slightly murder, shady people you know? who might be bad but she's like she's pretty sure but you know there's always a possibility that she's wrong but she's pretty sure and she just waits until they're not looking and pushes them downstairs we haven't I seen mean, Kozaway not push more people down the stairs <laughs> i mean for all we know like this is just a thing that happens in the a lot that people just push each other down the stairs yeah like this is <laughs> just i mean what do you think they're doing class sometimes you drop a flower pot on your girlfriend's head to get her attention Wait, that happens, doesn't it? Yes, that was, that's the Tsukabuki episode. Yeah. Who does that? that was, Who does uh, that? Man servant Chan. Oh, yeah, right. Because he wants yeah, Naname like, to love him. What's his name? Tsukabuki. You remembered! Yeah. Maybe I could only remember if you call him a dumb name. 
That's fair. Amanda said it first, but I knew that you weren't going to recognize it. So I said manservant Chan, and then you said it. I'm so proud Yay. of you. Yay! Yeah, I should put in like I some air horns or something. <laughs> God, I hate that kid. Sidebar, I really hate that kid. Oh, We wasted so much energy hating on Onion Boy when we could have been hating on Suabuki, who is no, the I still hate motherfucker. Don't get it twisted. I hate Tatsuya. Yeah, like, I, I have some sympathy for Tsuabuki because he's kind of trying to find his place in this bitch of a world Tsuabuki, give Tsuabuki four years and he's literally just an incel. Probably, but... I mean, he's already basically there. There's time to save him. See, I think he's that he's guy. in a place where he's vulnerable to radicalization, but I think that the influence of a changed Naname post-revolution might stop him from going down that path hmm. i think if Here's a qu- the revolution had not happened subu he would definitely become an incel speaking of the revolution um do, where do you see Nanami, what do you see naname doing once she escapes the sequel hell of otori um did you mean naname or did you mean kozue kozue thank you Oh. <laughs> I mean, I know that, that there was that whole extra manga chapter that came out last, like, a couple years ago. We haven't I have read not it. read it. Yeah, but Someday. that's one of those things. Yeah, I don't know. I, from what I know about it, she apparently confesses to Miki that she did have an incestuous thing with him. No! And I don't know if, I don't know if I agree with that. That's one of those things where it's like, J.K. Mm. Rowling came out and said oh. that Dumbledore was gay. Saito, like, come on. Is he though, or do you? Are you just saying that after the fact? Saito. That's like kind of what how I feel about that. Actually, hold on. Let's take a step back here because I don't actually think they their incest thing is actually real. I think I it's don't either. Metaphorical. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Like it, it's it's weird, and they're in, they're it's it's incestuous in the sense that like it's codependent. Not in the sense that they are actually winking each other or want to. Yeah, like when I say like Kozue is his rose bride, it's not in the sense of. I mean, they are they're obsessed fucking. with each other, but that doesn't mean it is sexual. Yeah, yeah, it's not a sexual. It's the same dynamic, but not sexual. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. So so that happens in that manga chapter. I again, I have not read it, but that's just it's on, what I know about it's it on from the Utena Wiki for Kozue. So. Confirmed. Yeah, I don't know if I, I don't really agree with that, so I don't know, but in my personal opinion, I feel like after Otori, Kuzwe would just go do her own thing, probably be a party girl, um, probably, you know, basically continue her her same life of debauchery that she already is doing in middle school, and probably, like, never talk to Miki or her dad ever, maybe, like, once a year. Like, I could see her doing that. I'm not sure that I could even see her doing talking to them that much. Yeah. Because she just, like, the only reason just she inter- even interacts with him at the end of their kind of last thing together is just to come tell him he's stupid. <laughs> like, yeah. if it weren't for attack of opportunity, just kick him while you're down kind of thing, like, she wouldn't even bother. Yeah, that one moment of genuine hostility towards each other. Yeah, like, yeah. okay, here's a question. Scale of 1 to 10, 1 being no and 10 being absolutely, why would you ever suggest anything to the contrary? What are her chances of definitely 
living out her life as an Epicurean um, scene girl going from show to show. Uh, I'd say that's like an eight or a nine. Fair. That's about what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. and, and that's that is perfectly valid, and I respect it. I'd watch that. I would. Too. I would honestly watch that too. Yeah, that would actually be worth it. Kozoi kind of feels like a skins character that ended up in an anime somehow. No, 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 no. I have better for you. I have better. Take Kozoe, older Kozoe, as this sort of roving, vagrant scene girl of ta- following punk bands from show to show, but do it like in the style of Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> oh my god, I love it already! <laughs> it's good! I mean, Make this, to be fair, Ikuhara. anything you say, if anything that you say in the style of Cowboy Bebop, it instantly becomes good, no matter how terrible what idea it is yeah yeah no i think it's a great idea i don't think it's terrible at all <laughs> oh another thing i i noticed when i was rewatching these episodes is and this i don't know how related this is to Kozway, but in that first uh in, in that first appearance that she makes at the sunlight in the second part of the sunlight garden when she walks out of the piano room and toga is in there toga's like toga is so horny for miki in that scene it's really bad yeah he's like He's like, with his shirt still open, he's like, you know, you look just like your sister. <laughs> that was one of the most uncomfortable things I've yeah. ever experienced. Literally every, like, I, I felt like every cell in my body just cringed. It separated itself from its sisters and, and just cringed. It learned how to cringe for that. Toga is so uh, hypocritical with his homophobia, it's ridiculous. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. there's like that scene where he's like rolling around on a bed and telling Miki he has to find his shining thing. Yeah, what is that? That's a lot <laughs> sillier sounding when you say it like that. Yeah, it's, yeah. Find your shining thing. Everything God. in Utena sounds silly if you just like describe point blank what's happening. I know that that really lends like just goes to show you how good Ikuhara is at like framing and blocking and storyboarding out all of this happening. Do you ever wonder if Ikuhara directed shows are actually just this thing where like he's just like throwing ideas at a wall literally um, and a team has to sort of like collate them and spread them out and think to themselves, okay, all of these are fucking stupid but we have to make them work because they're all that we have and they just the problem is, do is that you're right up until like when when his crew is picking up the pieces of what he has flung at the wall they're looking at them and going this is brilliant cuz you get that impression yeah. from the people who work with Ikuhara is that they think that he is fucking brilliant and well yeah but i feel like there's got to be some underlings underneath him who are like what the fuck is this guy doing yeah well this crazy bastard got us a really high budget for this sarah's on my anime so i guess sarah's story about insanely high budget from the animation quality of the first episode it looks movie quality it is so the animation is extremely good and it's just that a lot of the things that happens within it are extremely cursed yes (laughs) That's my problem with Sarah's Zammai. That's a preview. That's a. 
I guess this is a post view because this will go up after the Sarah's and my podcast. Alice, there is a character in the the uh, episode who is in like a, a shadow monster world, but has a very stylized and lovingly rendered anus shoved directly in your face. In the I'm scene. sorry. I think I died short <laughs> and, and missed part of that. And um, cry your pardon again, please. What stylized, lovingly stylized, rendered, lovingly rendered. Anus. I should not have said lovingly. That makes it worse, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, Alice. I swear, like nothing in the world could have prepared me prepared for yeah, what i saw i've watched I was... it twice now <laughs> because i watched it once because i finished editing magic cast and i wanted to reward myself so i watched it while i ate dinner and then at like literally half an hour later i watched it with abby on rabbit panda <laughs> and i'm gonna have to watch it again on sunday panda yeah all of hell is empty and the demons the devils are here yeah telling me whispering in my ear that ikuhara made a show so that he could lovingly i quote now lovingly render anuses yeah but it's like a digital anus Oh, it's a God. digital zombie anus. I don't no, know what's hard to no, understand stop, about that. Stop saying those words, please. Uh, God. Oh, my I God. Never. Those two words are not meant to go okay, together. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Let's, let's no. bring this on back to you today. No. Let's bring it on back, y'all. No. <laughs> okay, yeah. Let's bring this back to you today. Okay. Okay, I have, I have two things to say. Yes. First of all, Mickey's first dual song is the she 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 song, and I love that song. It's very good. It is yes. very good, yeah. Uh, and also, there is an interesting. I mean, we kind of already talked about this, but he, uh, like when when Toga is like convincing him and like corrupting him to go fight the Rose Bride. Mickey says to himself, I used to think my sister looked just like an angel. And then he says, I won't lose my shining thing again. So, like, I thought that was interesting. Because I mean, it's not really her that he's really kind of holding on to. The fact yeah. that he's holding on to her is kind of an unfortunate side effect. It's the idea of someone who cared about and understood him that is the important thing. She, it just happens to be attached to her. Right. If he could find something else to attach it to, then she would just fall to the wayside. Yeah, and that's essentially what he starts to do with Anthe. Like, as soon as he realizes he can get something out of Anthe, then the Rose Bride system doesn't seem so bad for him. I mean, you know, you know that's the reason that he ends up, that, he, that Toka has any pull over him at all. Because, I mean, you know, you'd think that with, um, you'd think that with Jury there at his side, he would not be pulled towards Toka. But Toga promises him attention and someone who will understand him. Part, part of the un confusion of adolescence and show him a way to be more of the grown-up he wants to become. Yeah, and Jury's so cold that she can't really provide that kind of guidance to him. 
Yeah, yeah Jury's not going to be much help because Jury hasn't felt genuine human emotion in like what her entire life. Yeah. <laughs> Jury is oh, too busy yeah. being sad and gay and trying to pretend that nobody can tell she's sad and gay. Oh, uh, just just for the record, um, Luna has joined me. Luna, hi, Kitty. She is, she's underneath the uh, desk. She came to say hello and also lay on my clothes. She's a good girl. Why, then, Kitty? She she's a girl, right? <laughs> <laughs> she'd have to have a personality to be good she kind of just like is a lump Aww, she's very cuddly she's but she's a lump. cuddly lump she is actually um she's just she, chill she, loves, she is she loves scarlet a lot already oh yay but yeah like i mean th- that's always the it's partially this my my reading of kozue is paint is tainted to some extent by my upbringing but it was hard for me not to read both of the twins is kind of everything and light in terms of we are trying to be we are trying to become adults because that's what you're supposed to do and we are doing the things that we assume that they do right and they're not great at it they're not because any situation where you have sex with toka is probably not you doing great at that that's that's yeah, no I mean, Kozue, you, you can you can flash your tits at a better guy than Toga. Like, yeah, like, yeah, it doesn't have to be Toga. There's got there's at least you know a dozen other guys at this school at least that yeah. we know of have seen on screen. Like yeah. at some point, any of them will do. They're literally interchangeable. They all have the exact same character model. <laughs> Except for Suwabuki, who is actually the most evil person in the show. That's because Suwabuki's a baby. Oh! Suwabuki is a monster. Wait, I just remembered something else about Kozue. Yeah. What like, you like, we were talking earlier about whether Kozue, like, intentionally sabotages his relationships just to do it, or if she's actually trying to protect him. Yeah. More, so I'm an attorney, right? So I, 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 here I am gathering more evidence for my side of it and trying to twist it into <laughs> meaning what I want it to mean. Um, so Being in, an attorney just means you're professionally good at arguing. Yeah, that's basically all I mean. In her Black Rose episode, there is a moment where um, she's cozily talking to her friends and that's where she's like, I didn't change my boyfriend. I just added a new one. Like, you remember that line? Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's in that I, yeah, scene. That. It's in that scene. And one of the girls she's talking to is like, will you introduce me to your brother? I really like him. And she says, yeah, of course. But just to let you know, he's really into Anthony. So like that, that like, I think probably that, that moment. And if I'm not forgetting any others, I don't know. But like, that's really what makes me think that like, Kozue's fine with Miki, like, doing his own thing. Um, I don't know if she's hawkishly trying to manipulate every relationship he has, necessarily. Um, really? On the I, other hand, I... I kind of read that as that's exactly what she's doing. Yeah. Is that, like, at that point she's kind of like, hmm, I could let, I, I, I could let this potentially happen, but that might, you know, be something that works out more if I, and then she just kind of zaps it. Yeah, I could set you up with Mickey, but just so you know, he's really into Anthe, so you might but, not I mean, want to. That's that's the truth, though. It is, but I think that, like, Yeah, it is the truth. I think the way that she's disclosing it comes off, and I mean, this could also be part of, like, 
what we were talking about earlier, the way that the episode frames Kozue versus Mickey, but the way that yeah. she says it comes off a little like like it could be catty or petty in some way. Yeah. I I I can I can see where you're coming from with that. I personally didn't take it that way. Sure. I saw that as being like like I don't know, like I just feel like if she was like trying to keep him all for herself or something that she probably wouldn't have been like, yeah, sure. She just would have said she she would have lied or she would have pushed the bitch out the window or down the stairs or some of the other weird shit that she does. Um I don't know, like because who, do, who does she actually kind of go after? The creepy teacher and Anthe. Mm-hmm. So, like, we know she doesn't like Aunt, Obviously, creepy teacher, yes. Anthe, I mean, I don't know if we necessarily get to hear, like, why she doesn't like Anthe. But it seems that most people don't. And don't trust her. And kind of sense it's, the weirdness I mean, of her. It's kind of fair. Like, yeah. I think yeah. Anthe just gives off this aura that people react negatively to because Anthe kind of reflects back what you want to see in her. And sometimes that's not good and people take that out on Anthe herself. Usually they take it out on Anthe herself. Yeah. And then Kozue's Black Room interview. I took down some notes here. She says, um, Miki has always been good to her. And she says she, she knows that when she gets hurt or she does something that harms her reputation, it makes Miki upset. Oh, here you go. And so, But Kozue says she dates boys he disapproves of on purpose. And she doesn't like that Miki's heart is drifting away from her and to, over to Anthe. Yeah. So you guys are more right about that, at least, than I was. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's also another reason why she doesn't like Anthe is because she's starting to see that her brother does have misplaced... She doesn't know they're misplaced, but misplaced feelings about Anthe. Even though yeah, they're really and... just his projected feelings about her. Yeah. Isn't it ironic? Yeah. Magi like, uh, feelings of the hurt feelings of the Magi. You know, honestly, I can actually read her wanting to interfere with the, the Anthe thing is actually way more, like to me that reads as more obviously altruistic than the, the other things because mm. she's totally right about that. Yeah. yeah, it was really funny to fuck with him for a while, but like, holy shit, dude, you really, really went the after the wrong one this time, didn't you? Yeah, like, I, I do it on purpose, but you're so naive that you don't even, you can't you even realize, see that this is bad. Yeah. Yeah, like, sort of a, okay, it was funny for a while, but, like, you really gotta, like, open your eyes, <laughs> open your eyes, brother. Yeah. Kozway like sees into the depths of the Rose Bride bullshit and is like, and I thought I was fucked up. Yeah. There is no ethical ethical consumption under the Rose Brideism. <laughs> <laughs> there is no ethical consumption under the dueling game. Yeah. There is no ethical there are no ethical romantic relationships under the dueling game. Yes. We did. <laughs> so yeah, and that's that's I think that's why I like her and that's kind of a little bit more of what I took away from her because 
I got I get the feeling that like Kozue is completely done with all of that bullshit like from the get go. Like she's kind of at the point that Nanami is at at the end of the series, like at the very beginning. Like that's her already her character at the beginning. Um and you know, not not in a perfect sense of the word where she's completely um she has the best perspective on it yet. But she really does seem to be in a position where it's like, like, Nanami, like, sees what's wrong and decides not to participate anymore. And Kozue sees what's wrong and she's like, well, then I'm going to do whatever I want because it doesn't matter. Because it's all bullshit anyway. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah, I don't know. I liked her a lot. Maybe I'm completely wrong, and maybe everyone will be mad at me when this episode goes out. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've got a a pretty solid interpretation of her. I mean, and that, you know, like, that's, you know, that's what we always do with Utena characters, is we project onto them because, like, they're so interesting and they have such relatable human flaws for such yeah. weird and bizarre characters. No matter who you are, there's somebody in Utina that you can relate to on like a personal level. And that's why we've been doing these character so many... episodes yeah. too, is because like there's somebody for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, I have one more question for you guys, actually. All right. Go ahead. One thing we have not talked about yet. What do you think the milkshake is symbolism for in her Rose Byrne episode? There's a milkshake? Oh, you guys don't remember? You don't remember this? Yeah, run this by me one more okay, time. So, so, so there's like, there's a scene at the towards the beginning of the Rose Byrne episode where Kaoru and Miki are, or Miki and Kozue are getting ready for bed. And Miki's like, I made you a milkshake before bed. And Kozui's like, whatever, I don't want it. And she kind of just like gets, she kind of just goes to sleep. And Miki drinks his and goes to sleep. And there's a shot of like the cart with the full milkshake that she didn't drink and the milkshake that he did drink. And then in the dueling arena, when Kozui is doing her Black Rose duel, all the desks have milkshakes on them. Like the same kind of picture. I do have something for this, actually. Okay, and then you, there's a, there's a shot of Anthe drinking one of them, and then at the end of the episode, after it's over and she doesn't remember anything, she's like, there's a scene where she's like, you know what, Mickey, would you go and make me a milkshake after all? Like, and she actually asks him for one. What do you think that's about? There are two I don't ways remember I this, this at all. What the fuck? I oh no, I do no, like I, I like it's. It's fine. It's just been a while since I've seen that episode. And so, yeah. like, I'm just like, what? Okay, but I'm listening. So, I have two readings of this. One that's a little more charitable than the other. Okay. Um, the more charitable one is, you know how, like, people have this tendency to do little sentimental things? as kind of a recurring motif in a relationship mm -hmm. for instance um if i turn around and there are probably there's like a dozen different things i could say that would get a 
pre-programmed response out of Scarlet um, because we've said them so many times as jokes. Um, or a little like I could I could sing part of a song and she would finish it, or these right. little things that you share. Um, and I find it's a lot of times one of the at least to me I find that one of the saddest fucking things that can happen in the world is when those small things are not only not returned but are you kind of like flipped on their heads and perverted in a sense or sub subverted yeah that this the signifier has become kind of its its antithesis and it's sort of speak of the devil he's gone um some loose <laughs> she heard us talking like, about her yeah she did it's it's like it be it's sort of like you you offer this thing that is a symbol a motif of this relationship and it's not just rejected like it's rejected but it can or also just like straight up like mocked or destroyed and that's like this moment where it's just it sucks it's like one of the saddest things i can think about and i think what's going on there is that Mickey is trying to reestablish. It's like a genuine moment of Mickey trying to reestablish this this connection, and this is where I differ, because one reading of it is that Kozaway doesn't really have the same relationship to that thing that he does, and they have they are working on two different wavelengths, and this is another time where Mickey's sort of self mythologizing of their childhood yeah. has like given him this expectation that she has that he's never communicated to her. That's the charitable reading. Okay. Um and I think there's something to it and I kind of took that was my reading until you're right the thing with Anthe re- drinking it. And mm-hmm. that's when I kind of paused and especially cuz she she asks him about it later. The less charitable reading is that while she may not realize that's a thing for him later, that she, he a really nice memory he has of the two of them that he sees as kind of a thing that they, they share, sort of. I think that she does understand it, and this is where she decides that th- where they both give in to this sort of the entropy of this relationship where fixing it or having a good connection it's not just hard, but we have decided that we we don't want to. That what we want to do is to get one over on each other, or to get a, or to be hostile and fuck with each other because it's more satisfying. And so, having now understood the significance of that of that action, now she's going to use it as a bludgeon in order to complete the separation that Mickey will not complete on his own. He's not going to do it. So either she has to fix it, the the connection, or she has to sever it. Right. Again, you could take that there are charitable ways to read that and less charitable ways. But she either has to one or the other. It, because it's stagnant. It, it, it must live or it has to die. And in that moment, what she is doing is, I am cutting the cord. I'm making this a mockery. Not just in a subtle way, but like I'm deliberately doing this to hurt you specifically not just to hurt you but to cut this deep furrow between us so that you can not cross and i cannot cross and we're just done not a you can hope one day we'll be friends or whatever it's a you will never want to be have a good relationship with me and so sad or happy or whatever that is it's over 
to summarize, like to me, that's a bridge burning moment. That's either an unintentional or a very intentional bridge burning moment. She's decided that this has to be our connection to each other has to be sort of disconnected, <laughs> has to be cut. And Mickey's not going to do it. So I will. And I can't do it by being just doing my own thing. I have to do it by force. And by force, of the situation means surgically hurting Mickey in the exact right way so that he will not see me as being related to his desire for like being understood or loved. And now he can only see me as someone he hates. Stop idolizing me. Stop putting me on a pedestal. Yeah. And not even don't put me on a pedestal so much as do not like, I'd rather she's like, I'd rather Mickey think of me as, just like cartoonishly evil that have him think of me as in any way as someone who he has connection to that he doesn't have. Yeah. Yeah. His, though his belief in them having a, uh, some kind of deep connect childhood connection is a completely fake one. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And again, like with that, there is a sort of a, there are there is a charitable and uncharitable way of reading that as well, and and the charitable reading would be that yeah she's kind of right that like, you know, their only way to the only way that either of them have of growing up is if they do it separately, right? And the but they're twins, charitable... so it's hard for twins to do things separately, wouldn't you say? Mm, I <laughs> don't say that to me. No, my sister and I, I mean, were actually like super different when we were kids, and still I know. Now well, today. what I'm, I let me let me rephrase that. It's often hard to get your parents to let twins do things separately. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, we were yeah. we were <laughs> dressed in matching outfits for much longer than I liked. Yeah, yeah. Like on one hand, she has that. The less charitable reading, of course, is that like being stuck in this in this connection she instead of like where neither of them can talk to each other and they refuse to communicate she says fuck it i i am very good at like fucking with mickey so i'm going to do it and like i'm going to keep doing it because that's what i've i've done so i will continue and that's just like this terrible timing of peace offering and defensive barb. Yeah. That's very poorly timed. So I don't know. Yeah, that's that's a good take. I mean, I, I personally didn't have an answer to that question. I, I wasn't sure. But I kind of like your your thoughts on that. I agree. It's one of those things where is Ikuhara actually trying to mean something here or is he just fucking with, with us? With this milkshake nonsense. I think he was actually trying to get at something with that. Yeah, I, I actually do too. Yeah. Like, that one is more on the nose. Yeah. And it shows up in the episode like three or four times, so the milkshake has to have some kind of purpose. I mean, and then with Anthe drinking it, that part is kind of odd. It has like during the duel. It has a similar aura, or it has a similar energy to uh, Akio drinking that 
or Dios Accio drinking that drink during the uh, the last episode. Oh uh, like, yeah, duel. yeah. Similar energy. Well, also as we've established, Anthony has a way of getting into people's heads and figuring out what makes them work and what their weaknesses are. Yeah, and what their personal demons are. So of course she is because that will hurt him, and that is what Anthony does. Right. Anthony figures out how to hurt people and then she does it a lot because it is her only real way of expressing herself for much of the series. And that's what she learned to do too from her brother. Oh, my yeah, heart it, breaks. It's, it's, it's all that she's got and she's yeah. really good at it. And yeah. so that's what she does. Oh, poor Anthony. I love Anthony. This is making me want to watch the show all over again. I know, right? <laughs> It always happens whenever I listen to this podcast <laughs> or I'm on it. <laughs> anyway, um, I mean, you can edit this part out, but it is almost 11 o'clock, so yes. we might want to wrap this up. Um, do we have any yeah. final thoughts, final questions? I think we're good. Cozaway did nothing wrong. <laughs> Hot take. I, I, I'm probably the only Kozoi <laughs> stan in existence, but whatever. I, I do have a I do have a closing thought. <laughs> okay. It may help you to know that I've ran into very, only a few people who don't have that opinion in my life. I like Kozoi, so yeah, I'm... I think I can count on one hand the number of people who don't like Kozoi. If you like Kozoi or don't hate Kozoi, write in. On Twitter. Tell me how you feel yeah. about Goes Away. Yeah, I'd like to know if anyone... Yeah, at me, at Lambda Power. This is the first time anyone has specifically wanted people to at them on the show. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I sit at work all day, uh, semi-not busy. So I pretty much am on Twitter all day. I'll probably answer you in like five seconds. Tell Amanda your feelings about Goes Away. Yes. And that's a good segue into our plugs, because if you would like to follow us on Twitter, you can do that at Utenacast. If you would like to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Impandanata. If you would like to hear more things that I do in the world of podcasting, you can check out the Fresh Podcast Market, a real podcast about fake podcasts that I do with my friend Teresa. And Alice, where can people find you on Twitter? They can find me at Lyrewolf, which is L-Y-R-E-W-U-L-F. And uh, you have a Kofi where you are taking uh, writing commissions right now? That's right. I've got a link to it. I'm doing running commissions, and that can mean a lot of things. Um, if you, especially if you need help with, like, if you are working on a blog, think piece, story, whatever you're working on, I do have some experience in helping people with the rewriting and editing process. Um, and I'd be happy to sit down with it, sit down with whatever you've got, read through it alone and with you, and talk about it with you. I do that as well, and it's pretty cheap, honestly. <laughs> like. I don't have any prices listed, mostly just because um, it depends on kind of what you're working with. Some things you're going to meet more research, but I'm fairly cheap. Also, by the way, we have about almost two hours of Lily Academy stuff recorded. Lily Academy! Yay! So, like, as soon as I have a moment of my life to spare... um, I will be editing that. Welcome to the world of podcast will... editing, Alice. It's terrible. <laughs> I'm actually kind of considering just not. 
But, just throwing it up try. there, no editing? Um, not entirely no editing, but luckily for me, we're working on the same microphone next to each other, and we, we, we do this thing where we give each other hot takes all the time, so we're very used to each other's cadences. So uh, we don't talk over each other very much, which is awesome and is great. So I'm thinking about releasing... I'll probably be releasing that soon. I'm actually also kind of considering um, re-releasing a other another just thing that we did that's podcast adjacent. We actually did a long form podcasty kind of thing about uh, Goblin Slayer. Me and Scarlet did for another blog, so I might be posting that in the. I've heard of Goblin Slayer, and there are reasons it's... I'm not gonna watch it. <laughs> those are very good reasons if you're ever curious about hearing about people talking about it as a work and how adaptation can destroy things um, i would love to hear you talk about goblin be slayer because yeah. i don't know very much about it other than the reasons i don't want to watch it but it is yeah. the that with that knowledge seeing how popular it is has boggled my mind yeah and actually for real um i might um go ahead i might send you that audio at some point for you to listen to because i think that listening to that will actually elucidate a lot of why it's why it worked with people for you amanda where can people find you online oh uh lambda power like i mentioned (laughs) <laughs> um, that is my Twitter for fandom things. I am also Sailor Shit Post on Tumblr. Very good. Um, I am doing a podcast about Madoka Magica with Yasha and Gio from Empty Movement, and which is edited by Panda. Just to to reiterate our our podcast troubles here. <laughs> <laughs> I do a whole bunch of other stuff. I've written articles before. You can find links to all that on my Twitter, basically. So. If you would like to get in touch with us through email, if you'd like to come on the show or have any feedback or anything, you can send that stuff to us on Twitter or you can email us at imagineandyushna at gmail.com or you can check out our mostly currently defunct Tumblr that I will get back to using at some point, which is imagineandyushna.tumblr.com. And we have a curious cat now. That's a new thing that I did, uh, like, yesterday, is that I made a curious cat for the podcast. Uh, I haven't advertised it at all, but it's connected to the podcast Twitter account. So if you have any questions and want to ask them anonymously, you can do that on Curious Cat. And maybe Please we'll do. I want to answer questions. Answer them on the show. Yeah. We're always open for questions. Uh Anyway, like, we're always open for your feedback, whether it's anonymous or whatever. But um, I don't think that we have any more plugs. And even if we do, no, I, think I, that's it. I don't care. I'm tired. It's late. And it's been a long day. Revolutionize the world, everybody. And remember, all power to the Copitariat. <laughs> Are you waiting this whole time to say that? I was going to say, I was going to say all otters are bastards. <laughs> I said all otters are bastards on Twitter earlier. I don't know if you saw that. I did, and that's why I was going to say <laughs> okay, it. Okay, good.